Hey, Lorraine Lynn, you're listening to Radio Brendo Man. Welcome to another episode of Radio Brendo Man. My name is Brendan Creasy and I am here in our brand new, I guess you can call it brand new, it used to be my bedroom, Brendo Man Studios. Yeah, I moved my bed into my living room because it was too hot in my bedroom and the air conditioner's out there, so I put my bed out there and then I moved my desk in here and so now this is the studio. I'm going to add some soundproofing elements, but haven't gone around to that yet um our producer brian is on vacation and uh we had some issues with a guest we were going to have um some technical issues hopefully we'll have him on in the future um so i figured this would be a good time to bust out the archives from um last year's la podfest which since podfest isn't happening this year as of right now um, I just want to memorialize and honor the greatness that is LA PodFest and also finally publish these great conversations that I had with friends. And um, I'm curious to see what's going to be on them. I hope there's nothing too topical from back in um, October of 2017 that there's something that you can take from these and enjoy. Um, I'm sure there is. Um, first off, we're going to be talking to my good friend Darcy Staniforth, and that one gets a little heavy, talking about my time on jury duty, talking about uh, some other things that happened, um, dad stuff, uh, you know, but also fun things, um, like Darcy's uh, involvement as a magician at the Magic Castle. And uh, and then we talked to Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds from uh, one of my favorite podcasts, The Dollop, and uh, talked to them separately. And uh, I just really enjoy that podcast. If you love history, if you love learning new things, if you love finding out new stuff about things you think you know everything about, then The Dollop is definitely for you. Uh, check it out and thank you to everybody that participated and we'll do some more of these on down the road as we um you know keep continuing on with the show i just want to thank everybody that is uh using our amazon um link at radiobrendo.com click that amazon link we had a few things purchased in the last few weeks um we had a sharpie people are buying sharpies on there um bobby pins diane bobby pins yeah that's good. Some rubber bands. 500 count. It's a lot of rubber bands. If you need a lot of rubber bands and some Sharpies, 12 Sharpies, that's where you go. Amazon.com. But first go to RadioBrendo.com. Click that Amazon banner. Um, you can also buy your gift cards because somebody did that. So thank you. I think it was Jerry. So thank you, Jerry. If it wasn't Jerry, um, thanks, Jerry, anyways. And Because uh, I know you're listening. At least I think you are. Man, that sounds weird. Alright, I don't know what else to talk about yet. Um, talk about right now? Not yet. I'm not gonna just talk until something happens. Um, we pretty much said everything we need to say. Uh, the interviews are with, one, uh, with Darcy and Dave Holmes and, uh, Gareth Reynolds. Dave Anthony, not Dave Holmes. What the heck? Well, this is quickly falling apart, so I think that's a good time to leave you guys with the interviews uh be sure to check out radiobrendo.com check out benviewnetwork.com all the other benview network shows if you're going to be in riverside i am doing a stand-up show on um july um not july see look at me august 9th that's this thursday i will be hosting a comedy show called brendo's undergrind comedy show buck show buc com is the URL for that. Um, it's going to be a podcast and, uh, and I'm going to be hosting several fine comedians, including, uh, Mikey Gordon, also known as Dirty Ron McDonald. And, uh, you can check that out at Back to the Grind 
in Riverside on Thursday at uh, 8.30 p.m. Back to the Grind Riverside. Be there. Also, a Back to the Grind every Monday is Rupo. That's at mondaynightrupo.com. You can listen to the podcast or you can check us out live. Sign-ups are at 8.30 p.m. at Back to the Grind every Monday night. Um, and I'm usually there performing, so come say hi. I think that's it. If you have any other questions, comments, concerns, ask Brendo. I'm sorry, ask at Radio Brendo Man, RadioBrendo.com. God, ask at RadioBrendo.com. That's the, that's the correct. And askbrendoman at gmail.com also works. And, uh, Brendoman at gmail.com. I mean, you know how to get a hold of us. RadioBrendo.com. Click that contact form. Um, so yeah, hope you guys are having a good, uh, week and I hope this finds you well and I hope you enjoy it. So, uh, let's keep it going with Darcy Staniforth. All right, we're going to talk about that right now. All right. Day two of LA Pod. Day three. I'm sorry. Wow, I'm already I know, at that that's stage. That's how it feels, though. That's right? totally how it feels. I'm right? with you. I'm with you. I've been in this room for so many hours, but God, I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm here with Darcy Staniforth. Hi, everybody. You're a academic advisor, but yes. if we left it right there, that would not be doing your life justice. Because I listened to your interview on Cheryl Jones's Movies Made Me podcast, and just was didn't stop being blown away by your life. And I am someone who my friends call me Forrest Gump because of all the crazy shit that I've done in my life and been everywhere and done everything. And you make me look like the square of all squares because first I find out that, one, you are a big part of the Free the West Memphis Three, um, but it's something I'm very passionate about. You worked with Henry Rollins. Yes. You worked for his publishing company. Yes, I worked for 21361 for a couple years, and that's how I got involved with the West Memphis Three case. And you told that story, and I was just like, oh my god, that's unreal. You were you did stand up comedy. Mm-hmm. You hosted a burlesque show. Yep. And the thing that can like the last thing you just kind of added on. You were a level two magician in the level two classes at I'm, the Magic Castle. I'm, so you are a magician. I am a magician. Holy fucking shit! <laughs> I keep life interesting. That's amazing. You're yeah, this is what I love. I love this. I love this is why I just, you're my kind of person and I. Man, so first off, I want to talk. We are here at the Biltmore Hotel, the Regal Biltmore, the amazing Biltmore. Biltmore I and, uh, I know people are like, it's kind of weird to have podcast festival here because our rooms are really split up and we're yeah. up and we're down. I'm doing a lot of shallow stairs. This yeah, morning, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I, over stairs. I, like I'm done. I had to climb a hill. Oh, a lot yeah. of stairs this weekend. Um, I'm just not built for climbing, really. Yeah. I don't, uh, I'm just not. Flat surfaces, I'm great with. Um, but yeah, I love, I mean, this hotel is gorgeous. For those of you who have never seen it, a lot of Ghostbusters was shot here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of other things have been shot here. The weird thing about staying here at the Biltmore is that in each room, they have a photo of like a movie that was shot here. Yeah. So I have a framed picture of Kaylee Cucco. Josh Gad and Kevin Hart in a wedding scene from Wedding Ringers in my room, like, mm. facing one of the beds. And I'm like, this, this feels, this feels oddly intimate with them. Like, I yeah. don't really know what to do with this. Um, but they also say haunted. Yeah, I want to hear about your haunting experience. So, I've been joking all weekends. I'd want haunting too bad. Like, yeah. if it's haunted, it great. I want it to happen, but I probably want it too bad. But this morning, like, I've had, my room has been great all weekend, no issues. And I had the AC on because, you know, hotel rooms go from like freezing cold to like humid and weird. Like, it, it's yeah. just, I, it, there's no, there's middle no middle ground. ground. You're either freezing or you're too hot. Yeah, exactly. So, but I've had the air conditioning on without issue. Yeah. And last night I was already having some like weird dreams. And this morning I woke up at like nine o'clock. Because the air conditioning started going on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off. Like, the clicking was happening, like, nonstop for about two minutes. Just click, 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 click. And I'm like, what is what is happening? I'm looking around. And so it's not stopping. And I just say out loud, hey, 
If I'm in your room, I'm sorry, but I just want to sleep a little bit longer. Can you please just stop it and leave the air alone? And it stopped. Wow. So I'm like, it could have been a technical coincidence. I don't know. But it was kind of freaky this morning. You mentioned having weird dreams, and that kind of triggered something in me because... Yes. I think my old house, like house I grew up in, was haunted. Okay. Because whenever I slept in the dark, I would have the same nightmare. Really. And it was really scary. And um, it was the nightmare was that I was at a campfire because I used to be in Boy Scouts. Okay. And there was, and my dad was there, and he would say, "Son, be careful." Okay. And this this started before he passed away. Okay. But um. But then he said, son, be careful. And then I'd go down to the campfire, and there was a hooded figure sitting there. And then he turned around. And again, this was before the movie Scream Mm -hmm. happened. And he turned around, and it was the Scream mask, which was a popular mask even before. and, And then he turned around, and then I'd wake up. And I'd have to turn the light on. And so after I had that, every time I slept in the dark, I would have that nightmare. And now that you're talking about, maybe that was like some kind of supernatural thing. But then, and then when I turn the light, but then I, so then I turn the light on and I Uh wouldn't have the nightmare. And, and then, and then I ended, because of that, I slept with the light on until I was, until I moved out, I moved to college. Well, but you know what? <laughs> when you're like, I need some sleep. I told, I totally get that. Yeah. I totally get Because people are always that. like, how can you sleep with lights on? Cause that's my special gift. And it's because I slept with the light on my entire young Because of life. a freaky similar of nightmare. Sort of thing. Oh yeah. And then, but then the weird, really weird thing is after my dad died, sometimes he would say different things. Besides your son, be careful in the dream. Oh. And I, part of me wanted to believe that that was him communicating with me, but I don't know. Hey, you know what? Like, I, I think people come back. Like, I think yeah. there's an afterlife. I think, I think, I don't, I don't ever hope for ghost stories for people. I mean, I know I just told a ghost story, yeah. but like, to me, like, ghost stories are sad stories. Yeah. Because it means people can't move on. Yeah. But I think, like, I mean, my dad passed away a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and he shows up every once in a while in yeah. dreams. Sometimes really directly, yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. indirectly. Yeah, sometimes it's something, but then other times it's like, I am talking to my yeah. dad right now. Oh, absolutely. And that's, like, unreal. Because absolutely. for me, it's been, like, over 20 years. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And so, actually, 25 next does he, year. Does he ever talk to you about stuff that's, like, currently yes. going on? Yes, yes. And the weirdest one, this is, I don't know what this means, and people give me shit about this all the time, but when I was in my, when I was 30, uh-huh. I came out of the closet. Okay. And I started smoking weed. Okay. And I grew up very religious, and yes. my dad was pretty conservative, my mom's very conservative, so I had, I still had guilt over both of those things sure. that I was struggling with, and I'm not even shitting you, I swear to God. I don't know what I believe when it comes to the afterlife anymore uh-huh. and all that stuff. But I had a dream because I was having a lot of anxiety about gay and weed and I didn't know how to feel. But it was, I love, like, I felt like a more a whole person and, like, the weed was helping me a lot with my anxiety oh, and yeah. everything. And so, but I was still at that guilt and I didn't want to tell anybody. And I had a dream and it was the most vivid dream I've ever had in my life. And I, my dad came into my room and he said, what's wrong? And I said, I, 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 I feel really bad about the weed and being gay. And he said... It's okay that you're gay and smoke weed, son. It's okay. And he put his hand on me, and I felt peace about it. That's amazing. And then I woke up, and I'm like, I'm going to be okay. Oh, you're making me tear up right now. That's amazing. And and when I tell that to people, though, they're just like, what the fuck? (laughs) What? Like, No, I think that's huge. Yeah. I think that's I've always wanted, because my dad, my dad was, he was a great man. I loved him a lot, and he helped me so much, but... He, I remember specifically him saying some things way back when he was telling us about gay people where sure. I don't know if my dad would be cool with it. So yeah. having that moment, I don't know, but it felt, a, I felt a relief in a way that I, the only other time I felt that relief was when I came out to my mom and she was cool. But so, that, you know what? And that's all that's important. Yeah. That's all that's important because I mean, so I'm in at, I've never talked, told that story on the podcast. My listeners' brains are probably <laughs> like, exploding what? right now. 
Um, I'm an LGBTQ safe space ally. Yeah, because you, you're the Cal State Fullerton. Yeah, Cal State Fullerton. Because we start that. I'm, you bring that up because my I love that program because I work in I work right next to the counselor's office at the elementary school I work at, and oh, that cool. sticker is on the door. And I know that's an important thing, and I I think that's great that you get that that pro that's in place. And, it's so important because you know, like fortunately, like for you, you had a you know you had acceptance with yeah. your family, and that's not everyone. No, you know that's not. Everyone's coming out story, and so at Iowa, it's uh, it makes me really happy when students see that same thing and they say, "Oh, I know that I can come talk to you." And our our entire team is safe, safe, safe space certified, which is great. Yeah. Um, and I just, but I'm no that like thank you for sharing that with me because that You're really welcome. touches me, and I think that's I think to me I think that's your dad showing up. So everyone else can go kick rocks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so real quick, um, I know you could probably talk about this forever, but you did some of the West Memphis 3 concerts. So, yeah, so when I worked for Henry Rollins at 213.61, um, the, the quick version is he showed up from tour, came home from tour, because he'd be gone a lot of the year and then come back, and he dropped the DVDs of the first two movies on my desk and said, watch these, we're going to do something. I'm like, all right. And I love documentary filmmaking. Yeah. Anyways, so I stayed that night with Ken, the other guy I work with. We watched them, and the next morning I'm in Henry's office, and I'm like, "What are we gonna do? Yeah, oh my gosh, what are we gonna do?" And that I love your, I I thank God you, (laughs) because could you believe it? Like Cheryl had never heard about the case before, right? And that it reaffirmed that Cheryl is an amazing woman because she immediately was pissed off. Yeah, I'm like, yes, Cheryl, God, and that's the thing. Like you, you, you have this. this I saw Paradise Lost one when I was in college, and I immediately was like, "What the." Fuck. I know, and that was my same reaction. I was just like, "This, this isn't right." Like every justice bone in my body was like, "You have to fix this. You have to do something." So I ran his office. I'm like, "What are you gonna do?" And he's like, uh, "I'm gonna do a CD." I said, "Let's let's do a show. We need to do something right now. CDs take a long time." Yeah. So he was like, "All right, put it together." And so that started the different fundraising efforts. Yeah. I would do, which was a huge thing and helped immensely for their defense campaign. And I don't know if they would have gotten to where they were without well, that support. I'm, Do you think we're ever going to get that exoneration? See, I don't know, because part of what's tough with yeah. the proclaimed justice And I know you're, and you're, you're friends with Jason, and that really was touching Jason, to hear as Damien was like, had a limited number of times. Well, because Damien, so the way that it worked, you know, making a murderer, making a murderer is fascinating, and In so... Fact, contra- ev- the evidence almost, ex- the evidence itself exonerates. Yes, like, watch these documentaries, um, but... When you look at what happened is Damien was sentenced to the death penalty. Yeah. And then Jason and Jesse were sentenced to life without parole, without yeah. the possibility of parole. So the reason they went, they moved on Damien's stuff so much is when you get the death penalty, you actually get more appeals. Mm-hmm. It's wonky. But basically, the long and the short of it is they were about to, when they finally were freed, all this new evidence had been... Um, presented, yeah, and all of these things had been presented to the prosecution, and the prosecution realized, oh, we have to move, and we have to move now. And what they did is they offered them an Alfred plea, yeah, which, which is a cowardly, the most infuriating thing, thing to do. It's so if infuriating. You hear about this, it'll just blow your oh. fucking mind. So the Alfred plea basically allows people to get out of jail. They do not have to admit guilt, but they have to accept the fact that there is enough evidence that they could be convicted if they went to trial. And the issue with this, number one, I mean, these guys were convicted on, like, the weirdest, fakest witch hunt, bullshit, bullshit, satanic satanic panic panic stuff. The, the one of the expert witnesses in the case had his degree from an online university that was not accredited. Yeah. Like, it, it's crazy. So. The, demo, the Satanist expert. Yeah. The knife they found in the lake. Again, watch the documentaries and then you guys can all tweet at me and email yeah. me, uh, and we can chat. But like, the Alfred plea, the other thing that it did, which was crazy, is it, al- it allowed the state to keep from ever being sued. So yeah. the three guys could never sue them. And it's bullshit because they're cowards. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, yeah, the West Memphis Three, huge, huge part of my life. Still a huge part of my life. Because friends with uh, Jason, very good friends with Jason. 
I know Damien and I know Jesse and I mean they're just and they're, they're doing all, all right. They're they're doing. Jesse's probably had the toughest yeah, time, yeah. Um, but he has a good support group, well, that's and that's good. amazing. I just I just yeah. cannot fucking imagine being being. In the, the age they were, you locked away, oh. and then just you're back in the. But like the world is like oh, the world is so different. I mean, the the funny thing, and I don't think Jason would mind me telling this that the you know he got out of jail and they came out to L.A. to meet mm. with like all of us, like Chad and Kathy and Burke and everybody, right? And please know this took such a village to get all this done. I mean, we had such incredible support all over the place, and I use we as the collective we because it really yeah, took a village. It really did. Um, but Jason. Like, Jason had never eaten seafood, and he didn't realize he was allergic to shrimp. Oh, shit. Found that out, right? But when you're in jail for 18 years, yeah. his our wedding was the first wedding he ever went to. Oh, my God. Right? So it's like, you know, I can't and, even imagine and Jason what that's like. is one of the most positive. Like, this guy could have turned this into just, like, a woe is me and been a victim and all this. And he's such a survivor. And he's yeah. such an inspiration. Yeah. And I, I love him so much. And I love Holly so much. And I love the work they do to continue to exonerate people yeah. from wrong convictions. Because something that... Because as... I liked how you brought up it's made you treat jury duty very seriously. Because oh. I... Last year, this time, I was a juror in a murder trial. Wow. And having the, like, having what, so I got to take it really seriously. I mean, thankfully for me, it was a pretty cutting thing, and the, we ended up convicting him of secondary murder, but, wow. but taking that very seriously and going through the evidence and, and everything, but it, it's so important. So when I see people being real shitty about jury duty, I'm like, you're you know like yeah. like that's horrible because think about if it was you if it was you, you want you the, want you want people, people to take it seriously and pay attention and yes. be there because I was like going through and like and then unfortunately like because you brought up Jesse's testimony on Cheryl's show but um the guy who I can that I've you know he he did he basically because he, he was trying to say he he, he stabbed another homeless guy eight times oh, tried to say it was self-defense the other guy was unarmed and in his testimony to the cops they interviewed him but part of me was like I don't know if I want to even listen to this because he shouldn't have been talking to the cops but I, you can't do that because right. he did right. and he said because they asked him like after you stabbed him once why didn't you run away he didn't have a knife and he said because I wanted to get him it was my spot and i'll right yeah. there i'm like now we're at second degree murder yeah like, now we've got we've got a different but we're i'm not like just, the, yeah. when i heard that it was heartbreaking because i'm just like i wanted i but but the fact that because like, i'm like i'm here for this guy right and until i hear otherwise he is innocent but yeah. so many of the jurors right away are like this guy's guilty this guy's let's just make this easy yeah. i'm like no we're gonna go through this every single step all the evidence read the law no i'm not gonna so we ended up deliberating for three days and wow. people were pissed but i'm like no we need to give this guy we're here for him mm-hmm. we're not here for that we are here for him and we need to give this a chance and sadly i mean like no this guy's guilty but but you know i mean and that's the thing like we yeah. it's, it's supposed to be innocent until proven guilty yeah. not guilty until yeah. and with the media now I and mean, it's so hard it's so hard for like and then like all the misinformation out there because yeah. that was my last thing I wanted to ask you because one of the biggest recent internet fights I have gotten in was against I was trying I don't even know why I got into this but you brought it up um, I don't know why I got into it with this guy because I know they don't listen to reason but right. the guys that think that the West Memphis 3 are still guilty oh the nons the nons, the nons. Do, I, I need to just stop Pay, but it's hard. Yeah, because it mean, breaks my heart. And the thing is, is it's just like I find like the nons tend to be because I've I personally have only encountered a few. Yeah, and it's been really I encountered a shit ton on Reddit. They're on oh, Reddit. Yeah, yeah, they're on Reddit. They're on social media platforms, and like the support group, uh, Kathy, Chad, Burke, Lisa have all, and clearly the guys did. But yeah, I think some you know the people I personally have encountered have been. Um, like I saw, like I saw a guy at like Corner Bakery one yeah. day, and he's reading *The Devil's Not the Mara Leverett book, yeah. which is a great book, and it's a book about the case. Yeah. And so I went up, and I'm all excited yeah. because I think this guy is yeah. reading the book because he's on our side. Yeah. And I went up, and I was like, "Oh, what? You know, I'm I'm a crusader for the West Memphis Three, and I'm like really into it, like all this talking about." And he and he just looks at me with the deadest, coldest eyes, Brando, and is like. They did it. They're guilty. <laughs> They're from the devil. 
shit. And I was like, oh, you are like, you're a, a horribly religiously paranoid person. Yeah. And here's the thing. I know plenty of people of faith. I'm a yeah. person of faith that are not that way. Yeah. And he, I was just like, oh, there's no talking to yeah, this person. We're done There's here. no yeah. talking to this person, you know? And so it, it amazes me because I'm just like, you, like, my first thought is like, number one, you're afraid. Yeah. And number two, um, you have, you lack critical thinking skills. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's and at I'm some like, point you just have to be, you have to throw your hands up and be like, I yeah, can't. Yeah. Cause it's not even worth it. Yeah. And there's nothing, I could present you with stone cold facts and, and like the fact that we live in a world, well that's just your opinion. I'm like, no, that's not no. my opinion. This is a fact. This is how this, When we live yeah. in a world where facts are no longer facts though, it's like, it's really hard. It's so hard. And, and I mean, it, it's, it's so the case is so obvious. Yeah. Again, like I, I juxtapose it against making a murderer because there's still a lot of questions. Yeah. About. There's some weird stuff. In there making is a, a lot of weird stuff. But you compare that, and and the reason I compare the two is because there's a lot of things that happen to the nephew in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That I think about. Fellow Jesse. wrestling fan yes, Jesse. Yeah. Tried to go to WrestleMania last year. Couldn't make it happen. I felt horrible for that guy. Yeah. That guy just wants to go to WrestleMania. All he, all the they want to do is go to WrestleMania, you know? Like, like we, because we, we tried to, a group of us on Reddit tried to make it happen, but like, he's the case shit where they would not, and because we, we, we were like, let's do a fundraiser, let's buy his ticket, let's get him out of here, let's have a party at WrestleMania, let's, and it just, just couldn't happen, we couldn't make it happen. Because oh, like, they wouldn't let him, they wouldn't yeah. let him go, like, yeah. fuck, dude. And see, like, and he's that's, like still under house arrest, or yeah, like. Yeah, there's so many weird things, and I, but again, the West Memphis three, it's so obvious. Yeah. It's so obvious. And yet with, you know, these guys had 18 years of their lives taken, taken away, taken, stolen by the government that's supposed to protect them. Exactly. And one of the biggest questions, I was talking to Perla here, who's a, another yeah. fellow oh, yeah. podcaster. And she came up to me last night and showed me a picture of her and Dan Stidham. And mm-hmm. Dan was Jason's attorney. Yeah. And he's now a judge. And Dan is one of the best guys I know. Yeah. And she goes, I got into law. I became a paralegal because of this case. Like, that is kind of a fact that yeah. this case has. Like, And you can hear we're talking about this so emphatically. It me because get, it's still, I, it yeah. still gets us riled up. Yeah. I've, I've been on a huge crime kick ever since that, that jury. And, yeah. And, and like... And then before that, I, I just, I don't know. I just, it's something that. Oh, I'm super true crime. I'm all about true crime. Like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I, I'm actually reading a book right now, um, called Coroner by Dr. Noguchi. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And like, he's an interesting guy, but like he, I I just read his, uh, so he goes through some of his well-known cases and it just went through Bobby Kennedy, Marilyn Monroe. and, And some of his conclusions are very interesting and very sad and, I know and, that book. I haven't read And then read just that reading about what a coroner it. does is fascinating. Yes. And how he and how it's a very new science. Like he basically started, like he, him, and some of his colleagues basically started forensics investigation in the way we know it now. That's how new a lot of this stuff is. So and see, and and people don't realize people that. Don't they realize just take it. it for granted. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, and they're yeah. like, no. And also just the things. amount of work and meticulousness, and how easy it can go wrong too, and how like and just like and how that that can affect cases. And like for instance, in the Bobby Kennedy case. He goes into detail about how the forensic evidence contradicts the eyewitness accounts, and what do you do with that? Right. And did the eye? You know, and that and that's where you read a lot now, and there's even more studies happening where eyewitness testimony is not as reliable as the courts and everybody make it seem like it is. Right. There's there's a um, uh, you know. Rashomon effect, right? Yeah, yeah, Kurosawa's yeah. was Rashomon effect, and there's a book I saw it just in the trial that I was at because there was some. There's in every case there is some of that going to happen. We had two people that were right there, and they had some things that were oh, yeah. to say. Like there's, two people there's that were a, right there. A, Rashomon, Rashomon effect in like it's it's really powerful. Yeah, and it it is like eyewitness testimony. Like the truth is somewhere in the somewhere middle. in the middle, and somewhere then, in the middle, and then yeah, and it's just crazy and and but people die because of this stuff. Oh, people die like all the time, and people die because. And it, this sounds shitty, but it's like you all know you've all been at the car accident or the whatever. Yeah, where you want the story to be bigger than it was. Yeah. And sometimes that happens too, and it's just like, just 
Like, this is people's lies. I don't know. I get really, I yeah. have a real deep justice bend. A yeah. really deep justice bend. Yeah. And yet, I, I'm a, a huge critic of the prison systems because of the fact that they don't do what they're supposed yeah. to do. Yeah, oh my god, don't even get me started about the prison system. This is where we start our own show yes. about justice and yeah. reforming the world. Yes. Well, we're running out of time. Thank you so much I for have to have on. you back on the show to talk all about magic and the magic castle because holy shit. Yeah. We'll talk about magic. We'll talk about wrestling. Yes. I'm also a wrestling fan. Hell us. yeah. Yeah. So we'll talk about it. Thank you so much. Thank you. And where can people find you? Oh, yeah. So you can find me um, on Twitter and Instagram at Darcy Staniforth, D-A-R-C-Y-S-T-A-N-I-F-O-R-T-H. It's a very English last name. So at Darcy Staniforth. Yeah. Um, Find me there, you guys. Come say hi. And, and if you want to drop me an email, DarcyStaniforth at gmail.com. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, Darcy, so much. Thank you. I'll talk whatever you want to do. What do you got, in that, what do you got going on in that vape there? Sour Patch Kids, bro. Nice. He's a vapist. It's okay. I'm a vapist. Yeah. A serial vapist. <laughs> I, my I'm other podcast, Massive Buds Wrestling uh, Show, I do with my co-host who runs a dispensary. Okay. I and like so, the sound of your yeah. friend. Yeah, he's a good guy. Good to hear. Yeah. And do you smoke the marijuana? Oh, 100%. Okay, good. All right. Well, welcome, Gareth Reynolds. I keep wanting to do... I keep wanting to call you Gareth Edwards because I was watching the <laughs> one, and I don't know. I, don't I get know why it. that name's in my head. Listen, go with it. I'll change my name. Does that help you? Absolutely. I'll be Gareth Edwards. Awesome. Great. Gareth Edwards. So Rogue One. Great Rogue movie. One was a great. And honestly, the whole thing is when you're shooting a Star Wars, you're you're the crew is the spine. Yeah. You know the the really the, the, the crew is the backbone. You barely had to do anything. Huh? Well, you know, I mean, look, I don't want to underplay what I did on the film, but uh, obviously, like you you show up and they've created a space where you can play in and yeah. i appreciate that as an actor That's beautiful and i jump in nice yeah okay yeah awesome well you also co-host a show called the i don't want to talk about that i want to talk about the star wars movie. okay we'll talk about yeah. star wars what's your favorite star wars the one i'm in yeah yeah it's so good because well, you're not me, in it you directed no it. i directed it and yeah. uh and, and you, but i mean it's so great you forgot well no i remember but i just you know you lose yourself in these projects yeah Sometimes I go, am I in it or did I run sound? And I'm like, oh, I directed it. You know, that happens. Yeah, that movie Monsters that you made for less than a million dollars with like very little, like all like crazy special effects. Well, because my 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 friend Darren is is really Darren. Yeah, he was the one. He put he was the one who goes, let me put a bunch of shit in this. And I go, okay, let's see how it looks. And then I get it. I go, oh shit, this is oh, it's all After Effects. I didn't even direct it. I was created in post for directing it. Does that even make sense? That, yeah. Okay. That's a thing. Thank God. That's how Hollywood Thank God works, that right? makes That's sense. That's how movies are made. I think so. That's I don't why know. they call it movie magic. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It is magic. Thank you. And, Thank um, you. Yeah. So you're uh, stand up comedy. I do stand up. I do a podcast called The Dollop. Yeah. Uh, I try to do some push ups every day. Things How's are fine. that going for you? You know, everything aside, the push ups are good. Nice. I just I love the dollop. I listen to it as much as I can. You guys, it's easier to listen to catch up now because you guys aren't. You're still bi-weekly, <laughs> but not bi-weekly. Yeah, yeah. we lie. And we're yeah, bi-weekly. We're liars. Yeah, we're liars. And you're, you're also you got a book. We have a book, and uh, and I know Cheryl wants to talk to you about yes, Blackbeard because sure she has a master's degree in maritime history. Oh, get the fuck and she's out of here! Some words. Oh, well, she yeah, she definitely wants to talk to the man who knows maritime law. Yeah. Me. And I also wanted to thank you guys for what you're doing because I feel like listening to the dollop has reminded me that this shit that we are in... Is real shit. It's real shit, but it also (laughs) goes way farther back than forever. Oh, yeah. Things have been shitty forever. Since they started writing things down, it was bad. Yeah, yeah. And you remind me of that on a weekly basis, and thank you. Well, it's important. In a way, it is very important to remember that, uh, you know, we are totally fucked, and we've always been totally fucked, and we're going to need to do something about it. What do you propose? As the um, fine filmmaker that you are. Well, when I directed uh, Rogue One or whatever it is I made, yeah. um, no, I, I th- you know, truly, I think it is about uh, as much as it can be connectivity and action. And I think you know when you recognize that in our government we have you know 
whatever. And legal marijuana? Well, legal marijuana. I mean, a- anyone who stands in the way of a number of things, if you look at what's going on today, like, they're, you know, we're inching backwards. We're yeah. totally going backwards. We're now making it harder for they women have metered to internet get now. birth control. We're now, ma- you know, all these things that we're slowly taking <laughs> yeah. away that we've now. Trans rights. I, I no, remember, we're not going to give you those. We're no, taking them yeah, back. can't fight in the fucking army, even though, what the fuck? We're going to discriminate against you and your employers. Like, so we, tr- we try that. to find ways to constantly discriminate in new ways that don't seem discriminatory. Yeah. And uh, um, I, I really think that the move at the end of the day is going to be that, um, you know, you've, you've seen it happen, but we're just going to have to stop taking shit. And uh, that's either going to result in a few different ways to enact it. Yeah. Uh, one could be violent, one yeah. could be legislative, and uh, one could be a middle ground. But truly, you know, we're not, we're not living in the uh, system we pretend we are. <laughs> so this is your I'll be at the Ice House on Tuesday. <laughs> 8 p.m. It's like, yeah, I got a real good like spoken word thing going on real serious. A lot of snapping. Yes. Yes, I part- I'm, I do I actually started I've been doing uh, stand up um since December and I go to a I live out in the out in the boondocks out past Redlands. And so I, the closest open mic to me is in Riverside, uh-huh. and it's a mixed mic, so there's lots of snaps. Yeah, yeah. And so it never – it feels real good when you give that real killer joke and you get all those snaps. Well, you know, you know? listen, if they react in any way, That's it's true. good. Yeah. <clears throat> so you are from Wisconsin? Yes. Where in Wisconsin? I lived in Madison for a while. I'm uh, from Milwaukee County, basically. Okay. I'm from a town called Brown yeah. Deer. My mom – Somehow picked. I think she just threw a dart on a map because we grew. I grew up in San Diego, and <coughs> she's like, "All right, you you graduated. Your brother graduated. Your dad's gone. So I'm gonna move to Stoughton, Wisconsin. Oh, Stoughton. My brother's wife's from Stoughton. Home of Satan. Have you been to the Satenda Mai festival out that? Down I have there? not, but I have been it's to Stoughton. It's a crazy party. It's basically like all these Norwegian Lutherans are like, let's just get fucked up for a week and do... My brother's wife's last dragon, name is Luther. Yeah, they do dragon boat racing and they, they, they're they hardcore Lutherans You'll, out there, but man, they know how to drink. Oh, well that is honestly one of the reasons why I think... Uh, that, what I'm saying, like the amount of stuff we have in common uh, versus what we don't is so much more than we pretend. Yeah. Uh, because growing up in Wisconsin, I think I now am fr- I'm friends with a lot of people who are... Uh, not liberal yeah. that I grew up with, and yet you still share similar values, and you're still like yeah. you know there's there's just it, we're, we're like divided by uh, essentially guns and the rights of certain people, yeah. and we're not that far off for the most of us, yeah. But uh, we feel like we are just because we live in a, a place where we. So highlight do you that do shit. you go back to Wisconsin? I do. I go back probably about once a year. And is it like? rough for you or is it good? I love it. Love it. No, I love it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I went when, to Milwaukee once for I went to a U2 concert. Oh, okay. And it was I like Milwaukee. It seemed pretty cool. Well, I mean, when U2's there, it really upgrades yeah, the city. Totally. I'm not going to lie to you. It seems a lot cooler than it is. They're not there all the time just yeah. you know. Oh, man. <laughs> they leave right away. Damn it. Yeah, the edge the edge doesn't stay at the Fister oh, as often as he claims. Dang. Um, you got that Miller Park, it's pretty sweet. Miller Park sweet? No, I love it. Truly. Great great place, great people and, you know, I I definitely always I think about. I mean, I, the one tattoo I have is of my favorite football team from there, and it's representative of them and the culture I miss. Mm. I like that. How'd I do on your show? Did great. Okay. And I just had one more question. Hit me. You started. Did you start stand up in Milwaukee, or did you? No. Move, or did I you... I, uh, I actually when I was in Milwaukee, the thing, the main thing that I gravitated towards was a place called Comedy Sports, which was yeah, improv. I've been there. Yeah. So I went there and um, you know got kind of uh, got a job there and started working there, and that was really where I started to kind of go like, oh shit, you know, there's a way to make people laugh even here. Yeah. And and you know, again, having no fucking clue what I wanted to do or where I was, and uh, and it was really that. And then I did that for a while, and I you know started writing. And then it was when I went to New York for about a half a year. That I was like, okay, there's tons of stand-up to do here. I'm going to yeah. get into it. Yeah. And that was where I got into it. But um, 
But the Midwest has an amazing stand-up scene. Yeah. And I do love going back and performing there so you much. You go to Chicago a lot? Go to Chicago, go to Wisconsin, you know. Yeah. yeah, go all over that area. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, Gareth, so much. Dude, appreciate it. It's great to meet yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, likewise. And I love the show. Well, thank Check, you. And you can be found, a dollop. And, dollop you know, at Reynolds Gareth on all the social medias awesome. and all that shit. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, are, you are you performing on a stand-up? No, I'm done. Right. This is it. You're done. I'm done. All right, well, fuck Andrew's it. right there, and then Cheryl again. Well, um, let's she fucking wants to dance. talk to you about Blackbeard. Uh, I'm excited for the last one with Cheryl. <laughs> All right, we're back here, day three, LA Podfest with Dave Anthony. Hello. Author, comedian, mm-hmm. Podfest organizer, mm-hmm. director, director, actor. Everything. Yeah. You do it all. Yeah. Hey, so last time you were on the show last year, I don't know, you were very tired. Yeah. It was Sunday night. <laughs> yeah. But hey, you got to do what you got to do. And you guys put on an amazing thing here. And again, I Thanks. thank you so much. Thanks. But you talked about, um, there was a, you had, you had pitched a Dave show. Oh, I yeah, see. that didn't happen. Oh. <laughs> was it going to be like your character on Marin? Yeah. Because like, I love so much what you did in the last yeah. season. Like, yeah, that, like, it was fun. Was that like, like how much of that did you have input on that? Like, because yeah. Dave really went in a, a different direction. I mean, we kind of all thought it up together. But it yeah, was very I, funny. I got to do a lot of input on how far it went and my my the last scene you see is was all my idea yeah yeah i loved it so much thanks and so when you had said that i got really excited <laughs> so i was like that would, that's that would be i would watch the shit out of that show but hey uh, the, you know it's hollywood it's yeah things i yeah that's that's cool man but now you got your you the dollar is going great yeah yeah it's going awesome and you guys published a book we've got a book and out i have it on my phone but i've, I've gotten oh, yeah. backlog of books that. <laughs> I I recently got into true crime books and now oh, I kind of yeah. sucked wow. into those. Yeah, and, you're fucked. And yeah, well, you guys have gotten me really into history books. Yeah, and I've been reading a lot of those now thanks to you. Because nice. I I was just I think the thing that your show has done for me and I think other people I've talked to is it's made us aware. Because I think the narrative that that um, that racism in America that this is a newer thing or this is a <laughs> battle that is new like you guys really show that this has been here all along yeah, it goes so deep yeah. and we've just gotten better at covering it up yeah, but now right. it's all out in the open yeah, it seems the, like this is nothing like everyone's like oh it's all it's you know, nothing new it's, not, it's just uncovered it's always yeah. been this way and I love that you guys you the stories that you choose really highlight that yeah we try to and but I also but then you do some like I loved your PT Barnum oh man and yeah yeah and I know you're gonna have to go talk to Cheryl because she's got a master's degree in uh, maritime history oh here we go Blackbeard well, she'll you be get that a lot yeah, but you know, it's interesting because like, so I've gotten some pirate people yeah. say, I have this wrong, I have this wrong, <laughs> but my source for that is a guy who spent years, he just published a book and he spent years going around and going to Bristol and digging through records okay. to find out his true yeah. name. And di- So this guy's actually finding literal old documents. I'm sure Cheryl would like to hear about that. And she, dispelling yeah. the, the, all the myths. There's the a lot book. of myths out there. Yeah. Like for instance, the biggest one that I know annoys Cheryl to no end is the pirate talk. Oh yeah, like because that comes straight out of Treasure Island, right? Like, that has nothing. Because when you really think about it, that doesn't even make sense. No, it like, doesn't make sense at all. But like, so she hates talk like a pirate day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but she, she, it's all good humor because you go in her house and it's all Pirates of the Caribbean stuff, and I'm like, that's not accurate. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and but I, I, I guess as a person that loves history, and when I was younger, I wanted to be a historian. What your research project process must be? It sounds, it seems very thorough. Like, yeah, I mean, I, where, I, where do you, what do you, where, what's your, do like, you, there's just certain sources that are better than others. And yeah. I, I use a lot of, um, uh, you know, university papers and, yeah. um, and books that are, you know, legitimate or seem legitimate yeah. or, um, but there's just tons of crap. Yeah. 
It's amazing, especially, especially with, online. Uh, I mean, yeah, with the online world. And I work at a school, and I and I work in the computer lab, and I see these kids just copying and pasting from Wikipedia, and yeah. I'm like, no, this is where we're at now. Cause yeah, and I Wikipedia's just fucking garbage. It's horrible, yeah. and it's so terrible because I remember when I was growing up, like, I sound like an old man right now, but we were taught, like, primary sources yeah. and, and how to do real research and EBSCO hosts and finding, like you said, scholarly yeah. articles and, like, and, like, like that must, and like now it's just Wikipedia and type into Google and whatever is there is real and yeah. and these kids like that's the biggest thing we were. I, I find myself every single day sitting down with kids and be like, okay, you have to realize this stuff might not be true, but yeah. they they take it at face value. Yeah, they know. really do. So that's the challenge we face now in schools is helping them discern between what's truth and, and false. And how yeah. the hell do you do that in this uh, world, especially impossible. with our fucking president yeah. with the fake news thing trying to discredit all media yeah it's fucked yeah it's fucked <laughs> that's right and and it's sad because these i see working with kids every day it it does keep me a little hopeful because i'm like all right i like i see these kids and they're trying they're working hard and they yeah. don't have that especially where i, I work in san bernardino and it's mostly oh, okay. latino and and that hate is not there right and it's that's good to see yeah but then I also see like they're getting bombarded by all this bullshit total bullshit and it's horrible because I'm like stop no like because kids will just they see something and they they think it's true because yeah. of course they do total old people yeah that's yeah <laughs> kids and old people is what they have in common but I really just I love your podcast because Thanks. you're trying to get the truth out yeah. there and then I just wanted to, before we go, I had a couple questions because I actually, um, you're the, at the stand up pod smash last year really inspired me and actually oh. getting to talk to Alice Frazier and then seeing her oh, yeah. do a stand up. And, and then my brother is a stand up comedian in Portland and he's been kind of trying to push me into starting to do it. And so when I was there up for Christmas, he had me go up at Helium oh, wow. in front of like 80 people. Yeah. And I killed. You did? Yeah. Nice. And I, so I kind of got the bug, but yeah. I know it's like a, especially for me, I live out in, like yeah, I said, I live way live. out there, yeah. but I found, um, Ron Funches actually helped me because he did comedy with my brother a little bit, so I, uh, I had, and also we're both hardcore wrestling fans, Yes. and so I talked to him at a wrestling show, and he kind of clued me into an open mic in Riverside, oh, wow. and so I've been going there for the last three months, nice. kind of, and I've got, and I, now I, the, they like me there because it's a mixed mic, and like yeah. it breaks up the, the poets and oh, the right. snapping, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I've just been um, trying to work on my, you know, comedy there. And so I guess I wanted to ask, like, how did you get your start in, like, um, in comedy? And what advice would you give to somebody starting out? I mean, well, I'm, I'm a little bit different than most people because I, I always knew I was going to do it since I was a little kid. Yeah. So I, I, it was just a matter of when I started doing it, you know. Yeah. So you knew and you pursued yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. So. Where, are you from out, from here? Or? I'm from San Francisco. Okay. So I started, uh, when I was in college, I would go do it and in the summers and stuff like that. I mean, the only advice is, is to watch a lot of comedy. Yeah. Do it as much as you can. Yeah. And, and don't necessarily just try to make the audience laugh. Try to make the audience laugh at what you think is funny. Yeah. And then, you know, you get so there faster. When you're like working on your, when you, if like in, for my situation, I have this, I have like eight minutes. I know I'm gonna get every Monday. Yeah. Should I be like? Because I don't know if I should be doing new material every time. No, you do. I just I try would, and I would do work stuff out. Yeah. Use like, it to work stuff if out. You know, if you know a joke works, yeah. start with it. Yeah. And have a one that closes well. Yeah, I got my and closer then, and it works every time. Yeah, great. And then in between, but it's the in between stuff, I'm having a little bit more problems with. Just keep working on new stuff and. And looking at your jokes in a different way, you know, yeah. if it's not working, you know, try to find a new angle and, and just throw shit out and start new stuff. I mean, nothing you have now is, is going to be anything you have in two years, yeah. so it's yeah. all temporary. You're, you're more learning how to be funny on stage than you are, you know, collecting a bunch of jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm really happy that I got to both talk to both you and Gareth this year. Oh, nice. And yeah, Gareth beat you here. That's And uh, yeah. So um, anything else on the horizon for you? I know you just got your comedy album come out. Yeah, my comedy album. Number one on iTunes. I man. know. Crazy. That was stoked. I opened up iTunes that day and I saw <laughs> you right there and I'm like, holy shit, hey, yeah, they did fun. it. That's that was cool. great. Um, and then you got your book. 
Butch and out, Dollop, yeah. you're on. Are you guys still touring? Yeah, we're going to tour uh, Australia next, starting oh, next man, week. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah. Have you been there before? Yeah, we've been there like three times. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I heard one of your Australia shows. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you have. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, and then we're gonna start. We'll be going back around the U.S. like once a month. Well, I highly recommend to anybody if the Dollop is in your area, go check it out and the book. Because I like your book a lot because it reminds me. Have you ever read um, Kenneth Davis, uh, Don't Know Much About History? Oh, I've heard about it. I've books. never read it. Those, that's what got me in. I, oh, my, really? my history teacher, he's like, these our textbooks are bullshit. Yeah. And I'm going to read this to you instead. Yeah. He was a rebel, man. And he, because he, he, I don't know, I don't think he gave a shit. Yeah. And he's like, here's the real history. And it was stuff like you talk about. Right. Like, horrific shit. And like, I, and I, it just got me captivated. Yeah. So your book reminds me of that. So I really enjoy it. Nice. Cool. And um, nice. yeah, so you're Dave Anthony. Check him out. Check out the Dollop. And thank you so much. Yeah. And again, Podfest. <laughs> Thanks. Thank man. you. Land. My name is Josh, and this is Jesse. Hello. And we happen to do a podcast about video games called the Extra Damage Cast. Indeed we do. If you like to talk about video games, or more accurately, listen to other people talk about video games, you should check out our podcast. It's at extradamage.com or on the Benview Network website, whatever that is. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.